Uh, Oklahoma opened uh, this weekend, and uh, I've heard some really, really good things about this. So I encourage you over these next two weeks, come and use it as an evangelistic outreach. You have, you have an opportunity. Do you know any sinners? Okay. If you don't think you do, just go look in the mirror. But, I mean, sinners saved by grace here. But, I mean, there are people who will come with you to see, to see Oklahoma, and then they'll go, this is a church? Go, yeah, yeah, the encore is on Sunday morning. So, uh, yeah. Um, also, next uh, Sunday afternoon, and then the following Monday evening, uh, the, the theater will be holding auditions for It's a Wonderful Life and Little Women. So I encourage you to, if you want to get involved in, in one, of the, one of the shows, come to that. And then we also have the marriage retreat coming up. Uh, we saw the video about it last week. Uh, it's going to be, uh, it's in November, but the deadline to sign up is October the 2nd. And October the 2nd will be here before you, before you know it. Um, Steve and Jill will be in the foyer after the service. They'll answer any questions that you have. Um, if you're interested, you need, to, you need to sign up for that. Don't put that off. Would you stand with me? And let's read from Colossians chapter 1. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith established and firm and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the gospel. I thank you for the power and the life and the truth that are in it. I pray that Jesus would be exalted today. I pray that the Holy Spirit would anoint each one of us to see Jesus as we've never seen him before. And I pray that once we receive that vision, it would never leave us. I thank you for your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We, uh, we sing a song here sometimes, uh, Jesus at the Center. And it's true. Uh, Jesus not only should be at the center, he is at the center. I mean, from every direction, from every, every tribe, language, tongue, nation, uh, culture, under heaven, G- Jesus is a center. Uh, John, 
over in Revelation had a vision of the throne of God. He, he had a vision into heaven. He saw the throne of God, uh, that, the throne that was uh, encircled by the rainbow, rainbow and, and surrounded with the four living creatures and the, and, the, and the 24 elders and the myriads and myriads of angels and the, and the crystal sea, all, all of that. And at the, the very center of that throne was a lamb that was slain on the foundation of the world. I, I was uh, at a retreat, oh gee, I don't know, Margaret and I hadn't been married very long, so it was must have been back in the 70s, where I heard a guy do a teaching about that, and, and, and I thought, okay, yeah, I know that, I know that, I know that, and then, and, then he, and then he brought it home. He said, at the very heart of God is a lamb that was slain. Now, whoa, yeah, okay, that's, that's good, that's good, I like, I like God. I like that kind of God. That's, that's what I, I like God. Anyway, uh, the, the faith, Christianity, is unique among all of the major religions in the world. Uh, and I say major religions. I don't know how many minor religions there are. I, there's, uh, and probably almost as many as, as there are people, quite frankly, but, and, and what a bunch of them believe. But in terms of the major religions and the faith, there's a thread that runs through all of the others that is not the case with Christianity. It's not the case with the faith. Uh, there are five major religions, with Christianity being one. Uh, I, I count, count Judaism as one of them, uh, not because of the number of adherents that it has, but because of the impact that it's had on the world. And if you're going to be a, a, a person practicing the Jewish faith, if, if you're going to be of that faith, what do you have to do? Keep the law. You have to keep the law. The onus is on you. The initiative is with you. If you keep the law, then, then you do well. If you don't keep the law, then you don't do well. It's, that's, that is what that is about. Uh, they worship the same God we worship, but... They have a, a very different perspective on it. Uh, Islam, the, the way that you become a, a, a practicing, a good Muslim, if, is there's five pillars that, that you follow. You proclaim their statement of faith. There's no God but Allah and, and Muhammad is his prophet. You, uh, uh, you pray ritually five times a day. You, uh, you fast during Ramadan. You, uh, you give alms to the poor. And if at all possible, you, you make a pilgrimage to Mecca. And that is how you become a good Muslim. Uh, the onus is on you. It's about you and what you do. Uh, Hinduism, which really isn't so much a faith as it is a bunch of faiths. In uh, Hinduism, it, it even you even get to kind of choose which faith you want to practice, basically. You even get to choose your own God. They got, they got a, a, a pantheon of gods. You choose your own God. You choose how you, how you want to worship. It's about you. It's about the choices that you make and what you do. Um, Buddhism, I, I would consider a, a religion. Uh, God isn't even necessary, quite frankly. It's about you working your way uh, to escape suffering. Uh, as, as I as I understand it, which is a pretty cool idea. But do you notice the thread in all of these? It's about what you do. Christianity is not about what you do. Now, I'm not saying what you do isn't at all important, but I'm saying it's not about. That, that's not the basis of it. 
The basis, the focus is not what you do. The basis and the focus of Christianity is what Christ has done. It's about, it's about what he has done, what he will do. In fact, uh, we tend to lose sight of that fact. We, 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 come, we come to Christ. We, um, we have a, an, an experience with Christ, and then we sort of switch gears and kind of go, okay, we want to be like these other religions. Yeah, I'm glad somebody got that. We sort of switch gears and go, we want to be like these other. It was like when the Jews asked for a king. They came and said, all these other places have kings. That, that looks like a pretty good way to operate. We want to be like them. In fact, that's exactly what they said. And exactly what God said was, they're rejecting me. So let's go ahead and give them a king. And so we have a tendency to, we have a tendency to come to Christ and then go, well, we want to be like, we want to be like these other religions. So what are the rules? How do I, how do I become what it is that I am, that I'm supposed to become? And if we focus our actions, uh, on, on what we do, then we will not bear fruit. Because Jesus said, if you remain in me, you'll bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can practice religion, but you can't bear fruit. See, if you, if we're being transformed into the image of Christ, but the way you get there, and I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that, once again, that what we do is not important or that we shouldn't look at what we do. But if that's where our focus is, if my focus is on, okay, did I, here's my checklist, and did I get that done, or did I get that, and did, and did I not do that, and be sure that I don't do that anymore, and, and get this done, you know, do we think that by doing that, we'll become like Christ? Rhetorical question, but do answer it. If we think so, we'll be very disappointed. But if we fix our eyes on Jesus... And if we focus on Him, you become like what you, like what you worship. You become what you focus on. You become what you look at. You know, it, and Jesus is the focus. Jesus is, is the center. Center. We're the center. He's, he's the, the, the center. <laughs> yeah. You never hear anybody from other religions go, man, I, you, you never hear a Jewish person go, I've got a personal relationship with Moses. <laughs> you know, or you never hear a, 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 a Muslim going, man, I've got this great relationship with Muhammad. No, it, th- th- that's not about relationship. This is about a person, and it's not just a person. It's Jesus, and we know he's our Lord. And we know he's our Savior, and we know he is great, but we tend to not realize just how great he is. And that's, and that's why I love Colossians so much. I, you can't read the first chapter of Colossians and pay attention when you're reading and not get a good dose of, oh, wow. Oh, wow. So here's a few things that it says. The sun is the image of the invisible God. Now, the fact that, that God is, is invisible uh, doesn't mean that he's any, any, any less real. Now, we, we have a tendency to dismiss things that are, that are invisible, some things that are invisible. Uh, back in the 18th century, if you, uh, if you believed in germs, 
you'd be ridiculed. In fact, they wouldn't let, most people wouldn't let you even practice medicine because you believed in, you believe in germs? What? You know, if, if they did, sir, if you, if you went to have surgery in the 18th century, God help you because for, first of all, you know, there was, there was nothing to put you out except a lot of whiskey. And I don't know that that, that was very good for you. And, uh, but basically, I mean, you know, if, if they did surgery on Bradley, uh, then they'd kind of go, oh, well, this knife is still good. So it's Mike's turn. Come on, Mike. Yeah. Uh, no, no antiseptic, no cleaning rate because, you know, you a little bit, you can't even see those things. Yeah. So they didn't believe in that. But the invisible things are the ones that are, that are really powerful. They're the ones that are important. Uh, let me mention a couple things that are invisible. The future. The future's invisible, but it's real, hopefully. In fact, it is real. A, a lot of the past is invisible. A lot of the past are things that, that can't, can't be seen, but they're very real. They impact your life. Is there any, anything from your past that is impacting your life right now in a powerful way? I can't see it. You can't really see it, but it, but it happened and it's real. The, 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 the energy... And uh, the power, the vast majority of energy and power, when I say vast majority, we're talking 99% plus, that exists in the universe is invisible, can't be seen. Love is invisible. Can't, what, is, what does love look like? Well, it looks like her. No, it doesn't. She looks like her. It's not what love looks like. Yeah. But it's powerful, it, it, it's real, it exerts influence on us. The, the, uh, you say, well, the, but the effects of these things are visible. I mean, I can see the effects of love. I, I, can, I can see the effects of the invisible forces in the universe. Well, you can see the effects of God. Paul, Paul says over in, in Romans one twenty, since the creation of the world, God's Invisible qualities, his, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood by what has been made. So people, people are without excuse. They can't use that as an excuse. Say, well, you know, God, God is really invisible. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's really invisible. Uh, Paul's over in 1 Timothy, he uh, uh, does a, a, a verse of praise. Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only... God be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. And then, uh, and then the writer of Hebrews in talking about Moses said that uh, by faith, he, Moses, left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who was invisible. And Jesus has taken the invisible and has made invisible. Over, over in John, uh, the, first, the first chapter, it says, no one's ever seen God, but God the only Son who's at the Father's side, who is himself God, has made him known, has come and revealed him. In, in chapter 14 of John, when Philip was saying, show us the Father, Jesus said, oh, Philip, you, you, you think Jesus ever got exasperated? I think he did. I mean, he was human. Just like, He was tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. Exasperation is not sin, but can certainly lead to it. Philip, how can you say, you've been with me such a long time. How can you say, show us the Father? Anyone who's seen me 
has seen the Father. And so we know what God looks like. You say, I've never really, you know, these pictures that you see of Jesus, none of them, I mean, that wasn't like a photograph or anything. I don't mean that. I, I don't mean we know, you know, what color eyes he had and what well, he brown eyes. But, you know, I, I mean, I, we don't know necessarily, I don't mean we know what, what his face looked like. We know what he is like. We know he, he humbles the proud and he shows compassion to the weak. He lifts up the lowly. We know he gives, he gives strength to those who have little strength. We know that, that he's willing to come along and, 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 and touch a leper that we wouldn't touch. That we would have a tendency to go, ooh, you know, first of all, I might get that. And then second of all, I don't even want to touch that. And Jesus touches and heals that. Comes an actual whole person. We know that we know that he's willing to that he's gracious and that he's merciful and that that he's not weak at all, but he's not a bully. And we don't like bullies, except for our leaders. We want our leaders to be bullies, but we don't really like bullies. And God's not a bully, but he's powerful and he's strong. He's so powerful and he's so strong that he can lay down his life. You know, when people, um, when people get defensive, when people, uh, you know, are always having to explain themselves and always having to kind of go, well, you don't understand me and, and blah, 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 blah. It's because they're weak. When you're strong and not threatened, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that at all. You don't have to prove anything. And God is all-powerful, but He's gentle. And we don't really appreciate... You know, the, the Muslims say that, he's, that God is merciful. Well, that's true. That's about all they know about Him. Except that, you know, you sure don't want to be on the other side. Because He's, you know, He'll, he'll really tear you up, too. Uh, even to the Jews who, who worship the same God that we worship. By and large, and he's a consuming fire, and he's, you know, he's, he's, he's out there destroying enemies and things like that. We're the ones who have the revelation of God and Jesus Christ that is so rich, and so deep, and so beautiful. He's the image of the invisible God. And all things have been created through Him. Jesus is the Word of God. He's the Logos. Everything we see was brought into being when God spoke. Not when He, not when He, you know, turned the key, or not when He started the machine, not when, not when He formed the clay. It's when He spoke a word. By the way, words are invisible, pretty powerful. They're real, even though you can't see them. We're discovering more and more and more about the, 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 the beginnings of the, of the universe, but we'll never get there because the only way you can get there is through faith because it's beyond the realm of observation. Well, what, what about the bad things? I mean, you know, everything was created by Him and for Him and through Him. What, what about all the bad stuff that's in the world? Have you ever made something? Have you ever made, I don't know, made something? Um, 
And then somebody came along and messed it up. God has. You got a little brother or a little sister, you probably can relate. I, I didn't have any little brothers, little sisters. I was, I was an only child, but I've had children who had little sisters. And, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and grandkids, you know, and I see it all the time. You know, you, it, uh, yeah. When, when Jack and Bo come over, they live next door to us, uh, Margaret has bought some, um, some big uh, preschool people uh, Legos. Yeah, yeah, Legos. That's what they're... And this is, and this is what happens. Uh, Jack puts Legos together, and uh, Bo takes them apart. <laughs> That's exactly how it works. I mean, in the first day that I was, that I was there in, in that process, uh, you, you know, she, she, to protect Jack, she was making stuff for Bo to take apart. And she said, this is what we do. I said, what? What do we do? Bo takes it apart. Well, why do we let... No, we've we got to build stuff for him to take apart. I mean, just... Okay. Uh, what about the bad things? God created it perfect. We came along and messed it up. You know, and sometimes you have to go back and fix that thing then that they messed up. He did. He did. He He has. And even with the bad things in the universe, it, it continues to be held together in Him. Now, the stuff, I guess, is held together by gravity, which, by the way, is invisible, but it's very real. But, but not just the stuff. Everything is held together in Him. And He is, he is the head of the church. It's a dangerous thing to touch the church. just is. Some have touched the church by trying to turn it into a powerful worldly institution. And I guess in a sense have kind of done that, but that doesn't mean that... It's the, it's the tares among the wheat in doing that, you see. Uh, the church was never intended to be a powerful worldly institution. Why? Because His kingdom is not of this world that's not our calling that's not what it's about that we're that we're supposed to to do that and so amass uh, 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 money and power and wealth and influence and and friends in high places and so we we got we got a friend in the highest place that exists because that's where God has exalted Jesus to. But, but some has, has, have touched the church by, by looking at it through that lens and thinking that that's what it's supposed to be. Some have touched the church by turning away from, from any form of unity or discipline or communion of the saints and, and, just, and just walking away from it and, and having disparaging things to say. Beware. The church is His bride. The, the church is His bride. Do you know how a young groom feels about people who say stuff about his bride? Uh, I don't know. I'm, think, I'm thinking of Bradley right now. I mean, Bradley's like six foot nine or something. You know, 400 pounds. And, and you're just not going to mess with Suzanne. Uh, you, you know, that's just all there is to it. Margaret and I have been married. This this October will be forty years. 
And uh, yeah, I, yeah, I didn't say that for applause, but that's, thank you very much. Uh, but uh, I remember, I remember her walking down that aisle of Glen Levin Presbyterian Church and a pipe organ was going and the, and the, and the sun was shining through the stained glass and, and everything was just so pristine and she was so beautiful. How, how do you think I would have felt about someone getting up and spitting on her? How, how do you think I would have felt about somebody getting up and starting to say bad things about her? Oh, by the way, they, how, do, how do you think I would have reacted? You know? Yeah. I'd be in jail now. <laughs> more, more, more than likely. It's his church. It's his bride. And you kind of go, well, but that's been 2,000 years. You know, I mean, things get kind of, the wedding is still being planned. The, the, the bride is still being prepared. A, a, a spotless bride without stain or wrinkle or, or anything of any blemish of any kind whatsoever. It's dangerous to touch it. You go, well, yeah, but there, there are things that are wrong. Okay, there are things that are wrong. That, that's true. There, there are people involved, okay? But the church is His. In fact, he rose, from the, he rose from the dead for her so that He might have the supremacy over everything so that even death couldn't touch her. Yeah. Even death has to bow to His authority. And He did it for us. He did it for His church. I mean, for crying out loud, he, he, death was no threat to Him. Death was no threat to His angels. Death was no threat to His position. Death was a threat to us. So He did it for us. There's a verse over in, uh, over in Isaiah, and I, uh, this, this, this may be kind of a non sequitur, but I, I felt like, I love this verse. Isaiah 25, 7 says, On this mountain he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all people, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. And it's prophetic, and it's speaking about, it's speaking about Christ dying on the cross. On this mountain, on the mountain of the Lord, death will be destroyed. And it was, and it is. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him all of the fullness of god is in jesus christ all of the full he is the only begotten son of the father jesus died rose from the dead the gospel is proclaimed so that we might become sons and daughters of god now that 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 seems kind of like a um sort of a convoluted way to get there uh, we would tend to think well you know what if he wants more sons and daughters just create some well, he can't. So if anybody ever says, can God do anything? There are some things he can't do. He can't lie. He can't, not, he can't be unfaithful to himself. He can't be unholy. And he can't create more sons and daughters because of this. All of his fullness dwells in Christ. So he can't just say, here now, let's have some more. Because it's all there and all is all. Now, here's the thing. We can share in that fullness. We can share in that fullness as we become his, his sons and daughters. And in fact, me sharing in that fullness does not detract it in the slightest because it's infinite. You know, I can share in, in the fullness. Sister can share in, in, in the fullness. Uh, Val can share in the fullness. Uh, yeah, 
yeah, even, even you can share in the fullness. I started to throw out some names. I thought, I better not do that. Uh, and and it, doesn't, it doesn't detract any whatsoever. But that is in Christ. That's the only place that we find it. it it's, it's infinite. And apart from Him, if, if we're looking for the fullness of God, if we're looking for the fullness of ourselves, anywhere else, you know what we will find? Nothing. Because it's all there. Well, what about those people who've never heard of Him? You know, I, I, don't, I don't think God overlooked that fact that such people would exist. I, I don't think that God was surprised by the fact that, oh, Oh, yeah, I forgot the overall there on that side of the globe. Uh, I don't know how this all works. I just trust him. I just trust him. He's got it. And, and if you're really going to get mind-blowing, the rest of this verse, if you think about it, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. What does that mean? I don't know. Uh, occasionally, I'll have, uh, and it's and it's it's fairly fairly frequent actually. I'll have someone ask, uh, you know, I've been I've been reading about predestination. Uh, so, can you explain to me how God can be completely sovereign, and yet I can have free will? And I, you know, I say no. I can't. I don't know how that can happen, uh, but I know that he is, and I know that I do. And, you know, I, I don't know exactly what, what, what this means. I don't have to understand everything, because this is what I understand. He is good. He is perfect in all of his ways. He loves us, every, every single one of us. And I trust Him. I trust Him. I want to I want to follow Him. I want to obey Him. I want to be found in Him. I want to be found faithful. I want to be a part of what He's doing. That's what I know. And He says, share the gospel. I want to share the gospel. Because I want to be a part of what He's doing. And that's, that's an amazing thing too. Because, you know, why God needs us... To do anything is beyond me. Uh, you know, there's, it, that really doesn't make much sense. And yet, he does. He says, come on, come on. You know, this is how you can be involved in what I'm doing. Sh- share the gospel. And the gospel is this. To, uh, Paul says, this is the gospel that's been preached. Once you were alienated from God and were his enemies... But now you have been reconciled. You can be right or you can be reconciled. The older brother, you know, if you're here, and there's probably somebody here because I, I don't n- normally necessarily go here with sermons, but I feel like uh, that I was supposed to today, so I'm, somebody must be here who needs this. You know, if you're here and you're thinking, um, well, this is fine for all these, for all these fine people. You know, but I'm, you know, I'm just too bad. I'm too bad a dude. I've, I've done bad stuff and, you know, nothing. Uh, well, you can be right or you can be reconciled. It's your choice. The older brother and the prodigal son wanted to be right. 
you know, the prodigal, the prodigal came home. Uh, the, the father welcomed him through a, through a dinner, through a banquet. The older brother comes in. He's mad. He won't go into the banquet. And because he doesn't want to be reconciled with his brother, it causes him to be alienated from his father. John says, anyone who says, I love God and yet hates his brother is a liar. Because how can you say that you, how can you not love your brother whom you have seen and yet love God whom you've not seen? Because he's like invisible. The workers who were hired uh, early in the day in one of the parables that Jesus w- was told, when it came to the end of the day and, and those who were, work- who, who were hired at, toward the end of the day got the same pay that they got, they were, they were, they were ticked off about it. They, they said, this isn't fair. Well, first of all, God isn't fair, but, but let me look at it. You know, look at it this way. You spent the entire day, yes, working, but you spent the entire day knowing that you were going to get money at the end of the day. You spent the entire day being protected, uh, in my field, you spent the entire day getting, uh, getting breaks. You spent the entire, your, 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 your water, your food, your lunch, everything was provided for you. These people spent the entire day full of anxiety, not knowing if anything was going to, to, to come down for them for the end, not knowing if they were going to have anything to eat by the end of the day. Uh, you know, you can be right. You can be, you can be reconciled. Jesus also told a parable of a, uh, of a Pharisee and a publican. And the Pharisee wanted to be right. So I thank you, God, that I am so right. I think I'm so right, I am righteous. I thank you that I'm not like other people. I'm not like this person over here. I'm not like that person over there. I'm not like that publican right there. I am so right. And the publican can't even look up. And he just beats his breast and he goes, God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. And Jesus said, he went home justified. He went home truly righteous in God's sight. That's how truly great God is. Christ died on the cross to present you holy in His sight without blemish and free from accusation. How many of you are familiar with that word accusation? Have you, have you ever made any ac- false accusations? Yeah, you have. I'm just telling you, you have. I'll answer it for you. Have you ever had any false accusations made against you? Yeah, you have. And in fact, you probably have had some made today against you. They were invisible. Nobody said them out loud, even. But there were accusations being made, and you were listening to them. Over in Zechariah chapter 3, there's a vision of Joshua the high priest and he's standing before the angel of the Lord and, and Satan is standing there to accuse Joshua. And Joshua's dressed in filthy clothes. And this is a vision, okay? So, I mean, filthy clothes, he's guilty. He is guilty. I mean, uh, the accusers there going, see, he's wearing filthy clothes and he's got filthy clothes on. 
Satan, that word actually means accuser. He is the accuser of the brethren. But he was found not guilty. The angel of the Lord says, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem, the Lord who has chosen this person, rebuke you. Is this man not a burning stick snatched from the fire? And he, and he dresses him in clean clothes and puts a clean turban on his head. And he, he's dressed in, in pure white to be presented holy in his sight clean and spotless. That's how truly great Christ is. And in fact, he goes on later on to, uh, to explain the vision and says, look, this vision is about things to come. This is, this is about something that's going to happen. I'm going to send my servant the branch. And he, he's, going to be established as a, he's going to be established as a stone in, in Jerusalem. And, and, and I will, I'm going to engrave on this stone I will remove the sin of this land in a single day. And that's exactly what he did. But God always over-delivers. He didn't just remove the sin of that land in a single day. He removed the sin of the whole world in a single day. That, that's how great, that's how, that's how powerful Christ is. He is, he is the branch. And if even, if even death must bow before him, if all the fullness of God dwells in him if if all the powers visible and and invisible were created for him if he has a supremacy in all things then your sins and your transgressions what you have done is no match for what he has done no match whatsoever you know and so so whether you're here and you and you've never given your life to christ and part of the reason you haven't given your life to christ is i'm just not one of those good people I wasn't, and I'm probably not all that good now, but I'm just not going to tell you about it. Or if you're a prodigal, or if you've grown cold, and, 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 and fallen, kind of fallen away, lost your focus, turned, turned the faith into something you do, rather than something He did with your, with your focus on Him. Hey, just bring it to Him. Just bring it to him. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And, and he will. Satan may accuse you. And, and in fact, some of you right now are hearing two voices. You're hearing mine, and you're hearing another one. And they're saying two different things. And one of them is saying, yes, you, yeah, yes he can. And the other one is saying, no, you can't. Well, yes, he can is the one that trumps. Through the gospel, the verdict is inevitable. The accuser is rebuked. You are a burning stick snatched from the fire. You fix your eyes on Jesus, and you just keep going toward that point. Would you stand with me? Yeah, it's easy to lose your way when you don't have a point that you're going towards when it's this one and that one and that one and that one but it's one for those who are going to pray with people come forward and yeah elders their wives a couple of weeks we got some new elders to introduce to you but that'll be in a couple of weeks uh, if you're here this morning and you need something, 
from the Lord. If you're here and you don't know the Lord, or if you're here and you're, you're, you're cold, you've fallen away, Maybe you're not cold and you haven't fallen away, but you're, just, you're, just, you're living in a fallen world, so you need something. You come. The altar's open. And if you, uh, if you don't need to come, worship with us for a few minutes. Because worship quiets the voice of the accuser. And it allows the voice of the Spirit to speak to people. So come if you need to come. If not, worship with us.